Welcome to the latest episode of the Weekly Hijack. Hi, Jack. Jack. <laughs> Your favorite spin-off podcast from Derailed Trains of Thought. Yes, the only spin-off <laughs> podcast from Derailed Trains of Thought. So far. So far. <laughs> Again, we have got two episodes of Lost tonight. We've got a full house of Haydens um, and a Brianna. <laughs> for one last night until she we lose her to Walking Dead no, for a little uh, bit. One more week. One, oh. oh, one more week. Oh. Oh, she's oh, so, looking forward to the moth. Okay, good, good. Well, first up tonight we have White Rabbit. White Rabbit. The first Jack episode. Well, the first official official Jack episode, and an important episode. More than so, more of an important episode than I remembered until we got into it. Yeah, I didn't remember much of it except him beating up the coffin at the end. That was <laughs> my main memory of this episode. I I was thinking the other. Actually, I think a lot of these, a lot of these season ones is actually only my second time watching these because I. Can, you know, because I got into Lost during season three, and I had heard enough about think you know what happened yeah. before that it felt like I had to go back right away. I think it was like in between seasons five and six, I started watching a bunch of them on oh, really? on ABC.com. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, very late in the game because, like I said, I read Doc Jensen or yeah. Lost I got what I needed to know, um, essentially. So yeah, so good episode. I thought. Any other for Nick and I d- dive into <laughs> initial thoughts? Anyone? Zach's asleep already, it looks like. Yep. <laughs> All well, right, then. Well, Wait, I do have something. Yeah, go for it. Um, I was wondering, because later we find that the man in black takes on Jack's dad's form. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, is this the first instance of the smoke monster man in black trying to contact Jack, or is it just a hallucination like Locke suggests? I'm not completely sure. Well... I'm trying to remember because we know that he does do his dad in, in season four and five. He runs around his dad a little bit. I'm pretty sure we but, can assume that's at least why his dad is missing from his coffin, because apparently Man in Black inhabits bodies, and so yeah, like Yemu does that for uh, Echo's brother. Yeah, his body disappears. Mm-hmm. Except I've always wanted, and we'll get to it in season five, why Locke's body doesn't disappear when he takes Locke's form. But that's a whole different deal. Actually, that's a good point. I mean, I guess... Tegan, we can deal with that when we get season five mumbo-jumbo about... Yeah, know. that that whole thing is pretty weird. Yeah. I mean, I would assume that the smoke monster would take his body to kind of mess with Jack a lot, but then I don't know why, in retrospect, I don't know why he would have left Locke's body in the coffin. Well, I That's think, weird. I think... I think yeah, I will, I will, first time you see this, you could be either way. It could be really yeah. magical island stuff, or it could be hallucination... I tend towards it being the first time, just because I think that's what the Man in Black actually says. I was trying to remember, isn't there also an episode where Jack has, like, his wound gets infected or something? I thought I remember Jack going through, like, some fever type stuff. Maybe that's just, maybe I'm confusing that with somebody else. I'd be fine with it being a hallucination, honestly, because it makes as much sense in this episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I do think that there's some man in black because they established that at some point later on. I yeah. think <laughs> my, my memory's yeah, a little hazy on some in things. Five seasons, Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I just wonder because what I don't see yet, I don't remember what the purpose would have been for him to contact him that way. I mean, nothing hap- nothing comes of it really. Just in Jack's head, um, it does lead him to the water. And to the caves, which they spend some time at the caves, but I don't know what good that. Does yeah, for I mean, what, what benef- How does that benefit the man in black? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
It's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> we'll save that. Yes. We'll come back to this episode after uh, several yeah, more podcasts. Before scene six started, people were using that scene between Jack and Locke in various like fake promos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting um, well, discussion I mean, they have between sort of like, I'm crazy, like, well, what the magic island thing? You know, I've looked in the heart of the island. It's beautiful. Yeah. Locke's his best version of like guru Locke in this episode. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, as much as we were talking last time about how Locke was sort of putting on a show, he actually gives some pretty good advice. I mean, overall, I mean, he's a little off, a little misguided because of the whole... I mean, the island is special, but it's not like quite as beautiful as Locke thinks it is yeah. at this point. Um, but you know, overall, it's pretty sound advice. I mean, he told Jack to kind of get his act together before he, you know, try to take take on leading again. I mean, Locke has a lot of uh, kind of um, you know mystic qualities about him that are good. I mean, like he he has this sense that of destiny mm-hmm. that he also gives him good advice when he's not obsessed with it. In, in an episode like this, you can almost sort of get a. a a glimpse of what it might have been if Jack and Locke hadn't been, you know, been at so at at odds with each other the whole time. Yeah. You know, maybe Locke could have been kind of the the guru, and Jack could have been the practical one. And maybe you know, if they had kind of been able to come, you know, find some more common ground, maybe it wouldn't have been quite as, you know. But obviously, the Man in Black and Jacob, it's their whole fight is sort of, you know, mirrored in Locke and Jack. There's a lot, yeah. I mean, obviously, all Lost has numerous repetitions of the same, of repeated things, such as daddy issues, which were introduced <laughs> full-scale this episode. I, I, and I do have to agree with, with Zach earlier. Man, his dad gives Jack some terrible advice. He's the worst parent. I mean, not just when he's older, but, like, always. He's been a bad dad. He was not good at all. I mean, not as bad as Locke's dad. Well, <laughs> yeah, he kind of takes the cake of, <laughs> of terrible parenting, yeah. But I mean, like, okay, so your kid gets beat up because he's trying to defend someone from another bully. I mean, isn't that something that you would commend your son for? Well, not even that, but it's in the end, don't be a hero because you don't have what it takes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, that's all. It's like twice his size. Yeah. Win. Well, and it's like, I guess I was wondering, though, because he said, like, when you fail, you don't have what it takes. So does that mean Jack just doesn't, is a bad loser? It was still very odd advice. He's a pansy. He can't get back up and do it again or whatever. And Jack does have this hero complex where he does not deal well with not... With being wrong. With being wrong. Yeah, that's true. Well, so does Locke. Yeah, I mean, they're a lot the same in many ways. Yeah. They just work it out differently. Yeah. But even we had the first full-scale example of his hero complex. His like, you know, I, you know, what it comes to the head. What is it, season four? We trying to do his own, like, take out his own appendix. Yeah, here. that's right. And you're like, what are you doing? Maybe, maybe that's what I'm thinking I of. Think it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. That's way later. You know, though, it was but, interesting. Yeah. Completely off topic. On, but I saw uh, Charlie's uh, t- tattoo in his arm. Uh-huh. He said, uh, "Was it?" Uh, living is easy with your eyes closed or something along the lines. Mm. I just thought that was interesting with the whole the open eye thing that we have going and lost all the time. Yeah. It's almost like they're kind of forcing people to look at. Right. I think that is, I think uh, Dominic Monaghan already had that. Well, I know. But it, was, it, was, it was nice. Yeah, no, it fits. I'm sure yeah. you're like, yeah, that's cool. I'm, yeah. I'm sure Charlie would have that. See if you felt this, if you thought this was a jarring as I sort of felt. Because, you know, he had the whole scene with Jack smashing up his, his father's casket. And next scene, he comes back 
next time we see Jack, he's back at the wreckage giving everyone his big hero, you know, we got to live together, die alone. What what happened? Did he just, taking out his anger on that, just I call him down? I thing. I, was, I thought the same thing. I was like, the, the whole thing led to him finding the thing, but it didn't show how that helped him. You know, it kind of just showed more of his issues. <laughs> yeah. But then it comes back, like, fixed. And you're like, wait, why did that help? I mean, it just didn't... I I agree. I thought it was a little jarring, too. Okay. Uh, I guess... No, and I I can completely see that. I guess I, the idea probably behind it is that, you know, Locke said, he, Locke said, figure out where to go and then come back and lead. So he'd already, already had that, like, leading thing here. And he's like, okay, the dad things come to nothing. I don't know what's up here, but now I'm going to just kind of... I guess I can see that. I mean, I mean, emotionally, I think you're right. It is kind of jarring. No, there's probably a commercial break between them, which probably helped full. Yeah, possibly. Um, and I mean, and when, it's when, all it's very convenient ending. Yeah. After all the it ambiguity. Is, yeah, that's true. I mean, you could you could see Jack's the wheels in Jack's mind turning when he saw the the fountain and the caves and all that kind of stuff, especially since you know Locke had told him that they need water and all that. Maybe he was going to do the water, and then he comes in the middle of the fight. He's like, "Okay, I'm sick of this. We're going to just deal with it." We're gonna, that could be. And Boone. Yeah, Boone is, yeah, as <laughs> he, useless as ever. He, he, he means well, I guess. <laughs> but he fails so. <laughs> <laughs> I own a business. <laughs> but we did get we did get Jack's catchphrase of "Live together, die alone." Yes, which became an important theme for the castaways in general. Is it really amazing how much this episode? Unfortunately, really... a lot of the castaways would die together as well. But <laughs> every every time I think of the castaways banding together, then I think of like the others just shooting them with fire arrows. I'm like, well, that was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but Good like luck. the writers, I felt never. I, I felt that was a terrible ending. I mean, it was convenient at the time, but like it just kind of makes all this you know feel good yeah. castaway stuff feel kind of empty now, to, yeah. a de- to a degree. But yeah, this or Jack episode dovetails very well into like the last couple episodes of Lost with, you know, the mm-hmm. caskets delivered and, yeah. you know, they all come together and it's all happy, new, after age sort I mean, of stuff. I mean, and at this point, you kind of have to imagine, you know, they had, they've had like a couple of very seminal episodes in a row yeah. here. You're like, man, if I was the audience, it'd be like, wow, where's going to be. When, when, what's a normal episode of Lost? Like every week is kind of different. Well, problem. and then like we just reread you. You sent me that ep- uh, the article about Damon Lindelof when he found out the show went off. Well, he felt like he wanted to die. But he's like, we can't keep writing this show. <laughs> you know, they'd already written like I'm probably only about this many episodes when the premieres got. And they're like, like now what next? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so we've been talking about this episode probably a little too long. So we'll pause here and get into next one, which will be House of the Rising Sun. Which is a good song. <laughs> We just finished uh, House of the Rising Sun episode, what are we on, five? Six. Two, three, four, six. six. Yeah, six. So the first Sun and Jin episode. Yes. General impressions. Did you say general impressions? <laughs> yes, some general impressions, please. <laughs> More of a low-key episode this time. You know what? It's interesting. And, and I was, during Water Watch, I was thinking, what a, it would be very interesting to be able to watch Lost again, not knowing everything. <laughs> but even knowing, you know, all the back, you know, remembering a lot, not all the details, but a lot of the backstories and stuff. For six episodes, it's amazing how different every backstory and stuff is. I mean, mm. going into it, you're like, I mean, Sun Jin's story is like, what? He's like some sort of hired 
gun. Hit I man. mean, Hitman. You know, yeah. and you know, and locks. And the, I mean, they're like everything completely new every time. It's, they don't seem to relate, except you know the bad father thing. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. You know, it's a the Sun and Jin ep- episodes always have. Well, usually they have both of them in it, but. It's typically a little one-sided. In like this case, it's mainly Sun's perspective. We yeah. don't know a lot of what was going on yeah. in Jen's head during time. Yeah, we don't know why they're even in Australia. And it's yet. interesting with very small, uh, very small flashbacks. You get a lot of story in there. You know, you, all you see him running, washing blood off his hand, and you don't know my father. And you're like, all right, this sounds really bad. I mean, yeah. you get some details later. Mm-hmm. But. but there's a lot that we don't know even even yet. They kept a lot unsaid. And we got Adam and Eve this episode. Mm-hmm. On a less uh, mythical note, I think this is the first episode I really knows. I mean, obviously Jack and Kate have always had chemistry, but this is the first time it was like chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> Even Hurley noticed. Yeah. So yeah, there's no triangle yet. It just no triangle. Of... Sawyer tr- is hey, trying for it. <laughs> I don't remember anything what happens to this cave thing. I don't. They don't stay there that long, do they? I think it's mainly. I don't. I think they're mainly gone by a second. I think part of the thing is the the hatch kind of replaces it. Okay. Yeah. I th- I think that's a big part of it. I can't remember. Well, because when they have access to the hatch and that has gives them access to water and stuff, so mm-hmm. they don't really need the key. It just kind of they don't really talk about it much. I think it just kind of dies off. Dies off. I mean, a lot of nice. You know, son speaking English for the first time. I mean, you watch it for six weeks now. You know, if you're <laughs> old school, you know, watching TV and suddenly like, what? You know. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, and they, they, they set you up a little bit with flashbacks. Have you taken your lessons? You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, very. That's true. I, I, and I forgot that she had said something to Michael first because I was thinking this because at some point she like blurts something out in front of them all and they're like, whoa, and even yeah. like, whoa, like, yeah. dude, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and we got the Charlie Locke relationship going. It'll yeah. Kind of His uh, interesting. Locke takes a lot of people under his wing. He does. I was just thinking. He's like, oh, I, Char- Charlie, I guess, is kind of his first protege. And then later, Boone becomes his protege for a little while. Thank yeah. goodness it was Boone first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. I'm trying to remember. It's not, uh, I think it's season two, Fire Plus Water, the one where Locke basically punches, cleans Charlie's clock. Yeah, I think so. I think yep. the, no, so, okay. so it's a <laughs> resident Charlie expert here, Brianna. <laughs> Which I don't particularly like that episode, but we'll get to that when we no, get to that, it. No, yeah. yeah. But we haven't heard much from the elders tonight. Um, Getting complicated. <laughs> <laughs> you, you talk about future episodes, which I've seen most of them, and I think, wow, this is really going to get deep soon. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, it's going to get way too complicated. Yeah. It, it's crazy, the whole Adam and Eve thing. I mean, that's something that even, I mean, it became very kind of obsessed over in like lost fan communities, yeah. but they don't even really bring it up on that show all that much. No. Not until like the very... It's just there. And, yeah, yeah, toward the very end. I'm always curious to know whether, how much they actually knew at that point about, I figured they probably knew they were just some sort of early inhabitants of the island. I think they'd already kind of assumed yeah. that. Right. The, yeah. And if I you see the black and white again, you know, if they set up, it's interesting yep. that article you and I read, they ta- said, you know, if it had ended after the first season, they would have just had some big battle between the, them and the, the yeah, right away. survivors and the smoke monster, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'd always kind of set up this 
that was sort of their trap door to use a J. Michael Straczynski thing. Yeah. Like if, if we have to end a season early, this is what we'll end with. And so they just like, oh, we have time, so we'll just wait a while and then do it later. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and so you know, I keep referring to season six, but season one and six are very much parallels in many ways. That's true. And actually, I think five and two sometimes, I mean, there's a lot of... The timey-wimey stuff. Yeah, that's true. They do kind of... The whole series kind of bookends itself pretty well if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. But we'll, we'll dig into that yeah. later. But I like, I've always loved Sunjin episodes. I've always really enjoyed them. Yes. And, you know, I'm starting to remember how much... Mike was a very interesting character. You know, he was there... For, you know, he had a lot of stuff going on early on. And then... Mm-hmm. He tends to get overshadowed a lot by Walt! Yeah. Walt! Later on. Yeah. But and in, in, at least in terms of how people remember yeah, them. Yeah. But but there well, there was certainly more to them initially. <laughs> Anything else, Deb? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Gave you the option. Okay. Well, I think that's where it yeah, sums well, it up. Kind of a kind of a downer after the rousing live together die alone. I kind of splitting the camp apart. Yeah, like little... live together die alone or uh, die in two separate camps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. All right, well, next time we'll have a Charlie and a Sawyer episode. All right. So that'll be something to look forward to. Until then, this is Tim. This is Nick. And everyone else in the Hayden household. Be sure to check us out on derailedtrainsofthought.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Yes, and our actual blog. Yes, the actual blog. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, our actual uh, Yes, their actual podcast. Podcast, yes. Yeah. <laughs> New episode of that coming out very soon. Yeah, something. All right, good night, folks. Bye.